first think where would we start with this wonderful thing the sunday skypers burning beards so we probably want to look at our beliefs right um, but i think yours were pretty straightforward and done Pretty much reopen the breweries of Scoria Deep. I will secure, I will first secure a source of barley and hops. Right. Get stuff and then make the beard, the beard taste better. Yeah. And I, and I do remember that we did have, um, Flint and, Bur- and, uh, I'm going to call her Brew Hilder, but it's not Brew Hilder. What's her name again? Brew. Br- no. Bruna. Bruna. So the heading- first part is Brew, which you should have no problems with. <laughs> The next part is na, as in sha na 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 na. If that helps you, great. Na 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 na. Yeah, great. Anyway, we were talking about so about Flint's uh, beliefs. Uh something about recovering a, a family crest in the second portion of that, which is which always makes me laugh and cry at the same time, since um, it's such a mess. It's such a beautiful mess. <laughs> Of parentheses and, and asterisks and um, uh, in uh, professional circles, it's known as obfuscation. <laughs> <laughs> I can always cut and paste it out in the chat if you want to tidy it up. But good luck on that. You could, and then we could work on like, well, what do you want to do now with it? Um, because mm-hmm. it seems like there's a lot of planning and a lot of like, uh, this would be great to do, but uh, no, yeah. this is what I'm going to do now. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I believe uh, Flint's beliefs are that I'll worry about that in the future or uh, <laughs> 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 even though he's constantly tripping on the present. <laughs> I do think that I, I'm, I have a habit of hitting the two lower ones and then not so much on the top one. Well, and, we thought we'd yeah. get the score a little bit sooner than we have. <laughs> so. Well, I mean, you could always leave it like that. Uh, and if okay. something crops up uh, that, that pertains to it, like uh, to something that I'll throw in to light a fire under your beard. Hey, um, hey. <laughs> you and Bruno, we're going to go to the surface and look for grain. You can always, like, add that to the last one. I will make sure that probably gets the scurry deep safely and find a source of um, new grain for beer, for Fandral, or not for Ufkel. It's not like you're <laughs> going to send two people, so... But yeah. the other scouts aren't going to find it. It's got to be oof, it's got to be Flint that finds it. That's the way these stories go. <laughs> well, it seems to me that you have a potential like situation for for conflict where Ofkel needs stuff, but he can't get it himself. You know, you have an expedition that is going to Scoria and then you know detours topside. May not, Unfortunately, may not well Flint is the master of detours. <laughs> yeah. Certainly. Going to Scoria without beer would endanger every dwarf uh, in the company. <laughs> you do have beer. It's just that, you know, when you get there. Yeah, pretty much we'll run out. Run. We got one one more batch coming up, and that's it. And then we got nothing. <laughs> they have to wait. We oh, my have- God, two weeks or four for another shipment from Marl. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm actually quite happy with leaving the beliefs as is. But you won't get Arthur for it if you well, do find Well, as always, <laughs> if something arises in play, you can always revise it right away. True, true. And, uh, you know, if, if a threat comes up, you can always say, I'm going to take care of this threat uh, as a 
you know, an added tail end bit to making sure everyone's safe. Safety is nice and uh, generic that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, for Fandral, I think uh, the last one at least is, is uh, the belief from last time, um, solving the beer issue. And, I mean, we can either start with, uh, you know, from, from a point of uh, deciding what to do next, or uh, we can uh, set it at a meta point a little later where you write something like find a source of stuff for Ulfkel or, or help yeah. Ulfkel logistics. I, I believe know. I'll keep the party provisioned. Uh, is that for uh, Flint? Why not? Okay. That's broad enough and journal and, and journal enough that it counts for anything. Just like Flint. <laughs> uh, where are you? Where are you putting that one? Oh, should I put it in the middle just to make it ba- bad? Now, see, to me, that would be an asterisk and underneath safety because that's part of safety. But then again, my yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it necessarily pertains to safety. But which would you rather have? Do you want to for for this session help? Ulfkel specifically, or the, the expedition broadly? I think I'm more concerned about the expedition, because I've already seen the uh, stress and strife that comes from uh, running short on beer, and uh, I want to keep the uh, company well lubricated and moving like a dwarven machine. Alright, let me, let me specify, uh, let me clarify. What I mean is either you write a belief about helping Ulfkel get that stuff so the expedition is better, or you you keep the broad belief about safety, and then um, if something crops up, we'll keep safety. We specify there. You'll keep, you'll, okay, okay. Yeah, and it, it was really that question I was putting to Dirk about uh, about Fandral's last belief: whether you want to keep it broad for now and specify in the course of play, or if you want to if you want to make that conversation be something that's in the past. And decide that you know now your belief is I'm 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 I need to make sure. Well, okay, it's not. It is in the past actually because I think think last time Ulfkel mentioned that you were running low on stuff. Well, we were it's been totally a couple out- of weeks now, but but I think yeah. you did. Yeah, we were totally all agreeing because that last yeah, batch so you made you- was was the last batch of grain. Yeah, yeah, that guy told him to come up with a plan to solve his problem. His plan is. Yes, soft side. So yeah. how could you help him do that? Maybe maybe you could To the maps. <laughs> <laughs> Batman jingle. <laughs> with the, a speeding axe. Look, if there's any way to the surface from where we are that doesn't take two weeks. Find an expeditious top side or something like that. That could actually conceivably be a tail end statement to helping him open the breweries because, you know, that's where he's going to use all this stuff. And you could add something else under, I must leave the Dwarven Expedition to Scoria. Like, either you could leave it plain and wait for all manner and sundry delightful challenges to authority or write something specific like, um, I don't know, since there's no good situation for it yet, but... That leaves that leaves a potential two persona earnings anyway. Sure. I should check out what everyone's written for their beliefs, for their updated beliefs. And a way to get brewing supplies. Okay. Uh, this works out well, actually. Uh, so while this whole shadow game of extortion and counter extortion goes on in, in the background and among the you know among the other expedition dwarves, I guess we'll focus on on um, the 
I can't say wonderful because I can't promise it will be, but uh, this uh, <laughs> interesting foray into the open. We'll say that you're all gathered in a in a, a pre in a planning stage would be appropriate since uh, you know that would be appropriate to Fandral's skills that he can bring to bear. Actually, you know what? I don't want to zoom in so much. Uh, I want to get us. I want to get us moving. So uh, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna give the fiction a light touch. Meanwhile, while all manner of extortion happen is happening with the other dwarves, uh, the three uh, core wonderful creatures are making their little uh, bid for grain and hops and all that fun stuff. And mm-hmm. let's say that uh, you're close enough to Scoria now that uh, some of the outlying holes and surface where surface farms once were, at least, they're in range. You could conceivably reach them if you had a, a good uh, like a good route and all that. And since Scoria is Scoria deep, we can assume that it did not have any on its own, so it would have to rely on you know slightly yeah, yeah things at range. Yeah, but yeah, farms and hanging valleys and stuff like that. Yeah, as, as a crossroads, it, it it relied strongly on trade. Yeah. You're still about half a week away from it. This this would be the sweet spot but, but before things go down. <laughs> yes. And I don't mean downhill necessarily. So let's uh, consider what we would need to do to get topside and then we can fill in the fiction fun um, as we go along. What, what would you do? What would you use to get topside? And I'm going to start we- with Fandral since he, has, he seems to be the dwarf to go to in the planning stages of anything. Well... We've got a little cartography so we could look over the maps and come up with a uh, planned route. That sounds good. How could the other dwarves help with that specific like task of, of finding a good path? Well, obviously Flint's... Tunnel-wise? Yeah, tunnel-wise, and he's been out scouting, so he'd know a little bit about the area. Of Gell, well, he knows what he needs, so he might know... Yeah. Where that stuff would be likely. No, I know how to buy it. The only person in, in the, amongst the brewers who actually probably knows what it looks like and where you can find it is Bear. Cause her mother, cause she comes from a farming family. Well, I'll bring her over. We'll talk to her. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, 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 matter expert. <laughs> still, still, I mean, we can always fictionally put her into the mix, but considering that you're, you know, born clansman and have Miller uh, as mm-hmm. one of your life paths there, I'm That's sure you've been topside and, and you know. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, you've I, probably I, gone there to vet the grain merchants and all that. Oh, yeah. At but, some uh, point, right? But actually growing the stuff a bit beyond me. But I know how yeah. to mill it yeah. and everything. Mill it. True. You don't have you don't have farming wise or or farmer yeah. or anything like yeah. that yet. I would I would <laughs> imagine that bear bear probably does have farming wise, so she has some idea. But I guess you would you would go with if I go topside, I'm bringing bear because she would help figure out. Okay, is this stuff good? Or is this stuff bad? Or I also imagine because of her skill, she also probably um, she probably also has herb wise. Note to self: uh, Create bear. Yeah. <laughs> Burn bear as a character. Well, yeah. as long as you don't define her, she's eminently flexible. <laughs> I like to do that with most characters until they become very important, uh, and yeah. then they require a full treatment. Spoil sport. Yeah. We were using her like a wild die. She's <laughs> <laughs> our universal gadget. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's your expedition. You can pull anything out of it. Yeah. <laughs> 
just remember, you introduced there. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. I have to tease your read somehow. Some of these way stations have connections to the surface. They're probably they're, yeah. They're also boat holes, just in case of a flood or something happens down here. You need a way to get to the surface. Well, so the I trick is, imagine some of them are cisterns and stuff like that. Which means they have a way to get to catch rainwater. So it means they have a way a way to get up there to clean out the crap out of the, out of the cisterns that that you inevitably will will accumulate from all the animals going. Oh, look! It's a great place to take a dump. And then that's <laughs> where the seasoning for <laughs> these beers come from. Well, it seems like this first leg is a cartography test with uh, helping dice from um, grain wise and um, and tunnel wise let's say you want to you want to find a good quick route out of here that would be an ob3 so it's an ob3 for all of you for your respective skill i have a b3 in tunnel wise so that means it is a uh, difficult test it's the same for Ulkel. Um, so the person making the test is actually Thandro. Two helping die. So I'm five die versus obstacle of, what do you say? Three. Throw at least uh, one persona then on there just to make it somewhat 50-50. One, two, three, four. Wow. Okay. Excellent. Any, any benefit from popping those sixes or no? You know, you did say you wanted to find an expedient way, so uh, I'll I'll say any successes above the the three will will uh, cut down on your um on your traveling time. All right, yeah, two more successes. Ha ha! So that's all of um five six six. <laughs> Doubled it. <laughs> One two five three, sir. I can imagine the prince saying, "You know, if we take those stairs over there." <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> I guess this is your show. How do you um, navigate to these uh, twisty tunnels into uh, the wide open? And you can all help and fill in since mm. you know you're all helping. I like the idea that Todd came up with, where it's maintenance shaft for a cistern, you know, rough, rough hewn channel tunnel leading to the surface of an abandoned way station. Okay, so this tunnel leads to the cistern up top, or it's part of the, you know, where the water goes down into the cistern, which is deeper down, or... Yeah, I actually could, you could have a channel, because it's clogged with weeds and algae and crap. <laughs> what, what I kind of imagined is, because this is a major thoroughfare between the two cities, is you would have places where you could stop and water your ponies. So the actual collection basin would be at the tunnel level, but there would be a uh, accessible tunnel that leads up to the surface with a lot of climbing and dwarven handholds built in and stuff like that. So it, it's not conducive to carts and horses, but mm. a, any reasonable dwarf should be able to climb it. And uh, of course, we'll throw in tunnel-wise to point out if there's any weak handholds or anything like that. So I don't see it quite as a vertical shaft as much as a natural crevasse that uh, the dwarves worked and opened up, you added uh, sluices and the like. Of course, what I have in my imagination is just having a hard time describing. But, but <laughs> the net result is it's a relatively easy climb because it's not sheer. It's not a, a, a vertical like shaft leading to the surface as much as, okay, you climb up and then you maybe have a flat spot for like 
you know, 15, 20 feet, and then there, there's another ramp up. So it's kind of like a zigzag leading up to the surface. I imagine there would be like uh, great iron rings set into the the stones so you can hold on and tie stuff to it and uh, pull oh, yourself I, along. Oh, yeah. Uh, in, in case you were transporting anything from the surface down. Yeah, it's it's not smooth and polished Ooh. by any measure. The the place where water can trickle down, that is the, the word I use is sluice. I, I kind of like an open gutter for channeling water, yeah. so it does yeah. the water doesn't flow over your path. It, it's directed uh, to the side. It, it's not like we're redirecting a uh, stream or anything mm-hmm. like that. It's Almost like the reverse of a spring where the water soaks, <laughs> literally, where the water soaks into the soil. It, it eventually collects over a large area. The dwarves have focused that so that that filtered water runs down and gets centralized Ooh. in the cistern at the bottom. Oh, so it's okay. It's it's uh, it's like a sluice system coming from an aquifer. There you go. Aqu- yes, it, yes, yes. An yes. artificial aquifer made of a whole bunch of French drains. <laughs> <laughs> Probably just simply dug down deep enough and put in channels, carved channels into the rock, capped them over with porous rock like pumice or something like that that lets water through. And as the water collects, it goes through the pumice into the, into the channels and flows down to probably some sort of collection area, central collection area where everything goes into. Because you need because you need to stage the water so it doesn't just come sloshing all down at once. Yeah, Maybe there's the odd terrace where you have like these pools as well. Mm-hmm. So one thing you notice when you're when you're going up is that in places it seems like some of the uh, of the buildup of um, uh, what's the word the chalky stuff um, calcite yeah that kind of buildup and uh, the growth of of the mosses and stuff has been cleared away a little there's like the odd trace of like a piece of cloth or broken uh, man-made knife. Uh, stuff like that, little ornaments like that, as well as the the odd clearing away. Mm-hmm. How far down do we find that? You start to find the clearing stuff pretty much right away, uh, here and there. Um, so right in the way station itself, there's clearing. Yes, I think that's where it's most extensive, but uh, it seems to have been a while ago now. It's not like you know someone came there yesterday and started clear, clearing yeah. stuff up. But n- but not not more than a year. Yeah, about a year, maybe. Oh God! Why do you go and sniff and taste that uh, stub of a torch? <laughs> <laughs> Don't be silly. It's not beer. He can't tell. <laughs> <laughs> no, I thought he could maybe carbon date or something. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, now, if it had been a beer flu, he would definitely be able to, definitely be able to yeah. <laughs> just taste it and go, ah. Yeah, because I hadn't actually opened up taste-wise. There were six of them. One was angry. <laughs> <laughs> ah, all right, you, you make it all the way up this sort of winding way out into the uh, this, like, a large natural crack, like you uh, described, into a mountain valley. Immediately nearby, there there are fallen in uh, ruins of a, like a dwarven homestead, or several, actually. They haven't been used in forever, in a while anyway, by dwarf standards. Anything and uh, again, there's, there's some uh, superficial signs of use. If you duck your heads into various places, oh, by the by, I should ask, obviously you're not taking the entire expedition up here, but it would behoove you to, to bring a few dwarves to Appre- carry stuff. Yeah, I got a few apprentices with me. Fighters? Maybe some scouts. Scouts can fight. This is an explored area, so we take some 
with us, I suppose. Right. Grab a couple axe bearers. Sounds sensible. May, so maybe there's, what, 20 of you or 30? Oh. Is there a much smaller uh, ex- expedition? Like I was just thinking a like... A few brewers and then... Uh, <laughs> more like 10 people. And if we need more, we can get more. Okay. Uh, any of the named uh, individuals or are you just taking some of the red shirts? Well, the- I probably got Bear with me because she, you know, because we're also, if we're up here, we're going to see if we can find any wild herbs we can use mm-hmm. as well. Because if there's no hops, we're going to have to probably, you know, find stuff we can use for bittering. She has herb-wise. Uh, f- fingers crossed. The whole purpose of this place was for uh, grains and the like. So do, what time uh, of the day do we come out in? Uh, you come up in this cloudy, pretty chilly, like late autumn day. The sunlight is sort of poking through the the cloud layer in this sort of one wistful way, lending the, the whole scene a bit of a an ghostly bygone place feel. Yeah, so you probably see all the you know if you're looking north northeast, you can see the the whole the peaks that you know mark where Scoria is far below. And I'm, I'm guessing it's this ridiculously guessing. I'm stating that it's this ridiculous, <laughs> uh, overblown, silly, Lord of the Ringsy kind of weird trident that's just uh, overgilded in snow. And there are these like streamers of uh, snow from from uh, high altitude gales just blowing from from the tops, kind of like a Frank Frasetta uh, painting. Ooh, and um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got to give it to the old masters. They they knew how to pick locations. <laughs> oh, okay. You mean the dwarves? Okay, yes. And and I wouldn't put it past some of the old dwarves of doing a little mountain shaping just to enhance the effect. <laughs> Okay, so if this were a movie or, or a television show, the color palette will be, would be grayish, sort of washed out since, uh, uh, you know, it's not a happy, dwarfy, bright place anymore. Uh, if you duck into a couple of the, the buildings, the ruined, um, fallen in structures, uh, you can see that there, there are spaces, it's much more cleaned up than you would have guessed. It's obvious that there's been uh, a moving about of debris and stones and stuff to uh, make room for something, someone. There are piles of debris uh, outside and in corners and so forth, but uh, there's no one here. Poking through that, you might be able to actually gain a glimmer uh, as to uh, what our hosts were like in the past. If if it's piles of gnawed bones, that's completely different from uh, Mm -hmm. piles of bones that show uh, knife work on them. Here's the big question. They best be a bit careful because if, you know, they may have just, they may have died here. So we at least find one set of bones. Uh, they, do you, do you mean, um, former inhabitants? Yeah, unless they went back down and went and ran away, uh, they may have died here. There should be at least a couple graves out there someplace. They won't be the last grave because the last grave is probably inside this building. Uh, that's, that's, you're much more grim than that. Maybe they <laughs> simply abandoned it when they had no market in Scoria and they ne- Relocated to more moral. Don't be so negative, says. <laughs> anyway, uh, I, I believe it's time for the scouts to fan out and uh, get get a g- good look at this valley. Maybe climb up uh, the side mm-hmm. and get a good overview. Get a lay of the land. I would look around this cabin, trying to give an p- opinion of whether or not this, these were they were farmers or were they like say um, you know sheep herders. I'd have to say they were uh, grain farmers, since it would be strange for you to have looked for that specific thing. And then, you know, oh, they were uh, shepherds. Yeah, no grain here. <laughs> <laughs> well, it could, it could uh, be a, a terrible case of feral sheep. 
<laughs> you probably find you probably find dwarf various like dwarf made utensils, obviously yeah. a century and a half and a half old and broken uh, in places and so forth, piled in places. Start collecting what you need. I'm looking out at the sea of grass, going, okay, bear. Let's see if there's any, 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 of their, any of their barley went to seed and still growing out there someplace. As you will. Okay. So I'm she going to look her, her pack and, uh, you know, uh, gets her, uh, gets this little knife out and starts to thumb it and, uh, you know, starts peering at the various growing stuff beyond. I think I would imagine she just she's just swallowed up by the sea of of tall reed like. Uh, <laughs> I actually I, I just wonder how she's reacting, you know, being so close to the prince, because I would imagine nervous she would stay as far away from from royalty as possible. Bear, why, why do you think that? Do you mean I'm because trying, she's a she's a, a hick dwarf and uh, would possibly. make an embarrassment for herself, or uh, well, hell, she's in her own environment. That's true. Right now, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Besides, it's a it's a small expedition. Like she's probably right. at at the you know privy area at some point. <laughs> no, yeah, nothing humanizes your 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 liege lord when he sees it with his trousers around his ankles. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So I, I heard uh, something about scouting. So that's a test in the making. Anyone else doing anything in particular? Well, they're doing that. I'll uh, poke around at. Whatever the the recent remnants of whoever's been here, see if I can figure out anything about them. Whoever's the squatters or temporary inhabitants. Okay, interesting. Ufko and Bear are going, and and his apprentices are going go out, and we're going to see if we can find usable wild grain because it's not going to be, you know, it's going to be barley that's gone wild again. But it is the right time of season to find it though, because it should have nice big heavy corns. And you said it's fall. Fall's harvest time. Surprisingly okay. enough. I've got foraging. you got foraging. Ah, so maybe you should help them. And so do I. I have foraging as well. A scrounging we will go. A scrounging we will go. <laughs> Taking notes on... <laughs> what, what's her name again? Uh, Bear. This little <laughs> valley has long since been wilted, right? Uh, there yeah. are trees, there are, you know, the, the grass and, and presumably grains <laughs> are, uh, you know, growing really tall. Since this mountain, are they evergreens? Because usually it's evergreens the up in the mountain. Yeah, the, the trees. trees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so like, push comes a shove, we cut a bunch of branches, and we take the needles. The odd, the odd like, stunted birch. But yeah, the evergreens, we can use the, uh, the the oils from the needles to bitter the beer. It'll taste, it'll smell like a little bit like pine salt, but it's, it's it'll be drinkable. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> you can make a good Christmas beer out of it. It seems like John and Todd are foraging. Uh, the bear is yes. off on her own, kind of looking for stuff to use, herbs and stuff. We're all trying to stay with the light of sight of each other, though. We don't want anyone yeah. getting too far off. Yeah, so I may stick one of my apprentices with her to help her out if she find, needs needs assistance with something, and then the other two, the other two will be the other ones will be with with me. So she's not off by herself. Self, she's just got one person watching her back. All right, all right. And uh, the other scouts are are scouting about, and Fandral is checking out the the remains, <laughs> if any, of of the recent passersby. Okay, and I would <laughs> imagine. And our, uh, our axe bearers are with the prince, of course. Yeah, right. <laughs> stand there. Just stand there, there with their arms crossed, wearing the sunglasses, you know, looking around, going. <laughs> so, what's your foraging? A Mine's three. a B three. 
Oh, we're both B3, so I guess I'm, I'll, I'll leave the foraging then. All right. Unless, unless, of course, you want us to do multiple foraging rolls. No, uh, no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't. That would be, that would be problematic. What I want you to do is, is make one test. Whoever can do it, wants to do it, can do it, and the other one is helping with an extra die, and the obstacle is going to be two to find a good bit of a usable wild grain. grain. I can bring in my big grain wise. That'll help me determine if it's usable. Uh, that sounds so, appropriate. So that gives me an extra die or I'm trying to remember how this the pool works. Or do I your get grain, your grain wise is four, so that means one extra die, yes. So far I've got four, five, five di- five dice. So can I toss in grain appraisal as well? No. Why is this oh, okay? Well. Uh, appraiser would be more, you know, if you're in, at the market. All right. So, yeah, five. Do I want to throw in a persona? Do I, How much persona do I have? I only got three. You have uh, five dice versus knob two. <laughs> I know that the dice are sometimes uh, evil. <laughs> you, know, we'll, you know, we'll go with five. Here you go. We'll, we'll take a chance. Ooh, I got three. Is it worth my while to pop the six? Uh, not really, no. Mm-hmm. You find a sizable portion of grain. You know, you and you Basically stay wild, within, wild hops. Yeah, you stay within uh-huh. earshot of each other and so forth. I mean, but you, you, you drift a little down the down the valley, uh, looking mm-hmm. for like the best possible patches. Obviously, since you're obsessive and mm-hmm. all that, <laughs> meticulous. You know, you're going through every little bit, and you know, uh, I imagine as you go. <laughs> <laughs> You find uh, a good deal of it. You know, you find mm-hmm. more than you need. You also find oh. something else. A small patched up cottage further down the valley with a light in the window and uh, smoke rising from one of the chimneys. Oi. Uh, back, back to Fandral, <laughs> since you're going through all the stuff. How about you give me, um, let's say, an obstacle four perception test. If you want to find anything useful in this place. Oh, I got three. Pop those sixes. Fate. No, only got three. All right, interesting. In that case, you poke through a few things, and, you know, you seem to not find anything in particular. A lot of the stuff here is the dwarf stuff that's deteriorated over the last century and a half. But uh, you do find a coin, a sort of uh, nod-on coin that, I mean, you, you pick it up and you, uh, I guess, shouldn't say that. You find something glinting, and it appears to be a coin. What do you do? I'm a dwarf. I pick it up. (laughs) (laughs) All right. It's mine! (laughs) As the (laughs) (laughs) This is Daffy Duck impression. Mine, 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 (laughs) mine. You see that it's it's a coin that's been minted in Scoria a long time ago, uh, and it has the the face of you know the first king or something like that, not or something like that. It has the face of the first king, which is a little weathered. Of course, you can't quite tell. The, on the back, there's a runic, runic shorthand for for whatever the title is. Interestingly enough, the first bit of the rune bit for the king's name says G O T. Well, I would know the first king, right? I don't know. Do you? Do you have ancient history? Yes, I do. Do you have your chronicles with you? Do you remember the big honking book with the like uh, the the list of all the the crazy like um, names and stuff? I have that book. But Did you bring it to the surface? I doubt I wouldn't have schlepped it up here. Then it's that it's plainly your ancient history, which is going to you work as a wise. I'd say recognizing this person would be like an ob three. Yeah, we'll throw a persona on there too. He knows his coins. (laughs) 
So what what is your ancient history? Is it B4 or 3 or B4? Ah. Am I seeing three sixes? You are. Ah, jeez. I am so jealous. <laughs> That's a devil of a roll. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice book ended by two as well. All right, so who is this individual? Well, you're kind of leading the thing here with the GOT. <laughs> well, that's just that's just a suggestion. It's it's where things were going until you succeeded. All right, so, so I mean, just change it. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. Not that, that wasn't a T. That's an L. <laughs> <laughs> oh, King uh, Gothar, Gothar the Hammer. <laughs> Excellent. Beat the mountain into submission. You beat the mountain into submission. I need to write that down. There's a uh, new saying for you by Gothar's Hammer. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) At least it's vaguely better than Grabthar, but that's fun too. You know, if this were the series or film version, it would be like the moment where you turn the coin over and it's like (gasps) G-O-T. Oh, wait, right. The hammer. Gothar. <laughs> What's the name again? <laughs> there's a hammer here too, right? Yeah, there. It's a little worn, but. Oh, right. Obviously. Yeah. You know, there, there's, yeah, there would have to be. I think he would probably have this, this famous hammer that is preserved somewhere or was preserved, maybe. Maybe it's still in Scoria Deep. Maybe that, that, that was, you know, his, his scepter. Yeah. His hammer. That's one of the, uh, the, the ancient artifacts that would be the treasures that we could find. Awesome. Love the dread. Indeed. I'm inspired by this uh, link that John shared at some point somewhere where I think it was in Denmark. uh, They dug up uh, a hammer pendant and found out that there was there was a runic inscription on it. And it reads hammer is meaning this is the hammer, (laughs) which which I would imagine is the famous inscription on on Gothar's hammer. Um, (laughs) This is a hammer. Yes. <laughs> oh, no. It is the hammer. Yeah. He invented hammers. <laughs> nah, no. In fact, when you were, were uh, being a benighted people without, uh, without a mountain, <laughs> didn't know tools. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Man, I like that. Failed tests for the win. Of course, you don't, you don't find anything uh, pertaining to anything else. Uh, but this was an interesting find, at least suggesting that whoever lived here maybe had it in their possession or it was carried out or it was carried in or on the way in or yeah, yeah. a bit of a mystery. Well, let me throw the next greedy question at. Did he find a penny or did he find a coin of substantial worth indicating maybe it was part of a haul that got away versus a coin that was just eh, lost and not worth picking up? I would imagine that this is a fairly hefty gold coin, right? So uh, it was part of someone's hoard then. Yeah, this is a precious thing. Um, oh. It's not. It's not. You know, yeah. she's magnificent, precious, but but uh, yeah. it's it's definitely like a, a coin of worth. A solid gold coin will fit on the tip of your finger. Oh yeah, because a one ounce coin is very small. So if it's a, if it's like you know larger than that, it's several ounces. I mean, we're talking. You know, it's heavy. Yes, but it fits it, so nice in your hand. Like <laughs> it's like a it's a half a pound of gold in your hand. Like nothing less for the hammer. <laughs> that's true. All right, so while the staggering uh, discovery is made, uh, let's go over to the other staggering discovery of habitation. 
But the Dalvin Hill. If Flint hasn't noticed it yet, I'll, you know, reach over, grab his head, and turn it and point it at the direction of the house. Oh, perhaps we should leave him some coins for the harvest we're taking. This is not some farming field. No, and and by now they would notice us because there's no big empty patches of grassland. (laughs) Oh, so you started to harvest them right away. Oh, hell yeah. When we found them, we we pull out the sickles and we start going at it. Okay. Yeah, we're leaving the scouts to keep an eye open for things. And so, of course, I'm the one that spots the house. Well, they were yeah. further up, okay? So I look at They're him. They're not used to all this this sky. It's it's confusing. Yeah. <laughs> but that's I, uh, I, I, uh, Flint, you know, I'm busy here with the harvest. Go go check it out. Find, what's, find out who's there. Oh, are you serious? Let's sleep in dog's lie. <laughs> oh, and do you want to get an arrow between your backsides when we turn the leaf? Go find out who's there. Be nice. Put on your happy face. <laughs> Flint kind of scowled. <laughs> Is that a happy face? Only if you want to scare them. <sighs> fine, fine. Uh, this isn't my specialty. Should get the prince here. Ah, oh, he's busy poking around that house. Let him have some fun time. He needs to take a break. Besides... You want you 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 want your vine to be the head of the goddamn family, right? You need to learn to talk to people. <laughs> fine, fine, fine. I guess the next question I ask is: What size and scale is this cottage? Is it dwarfish or mannish? It's dwarfish in in design to begin with, but uh, it's fallen into ruin, and then it, it's been not awfully patched together, but it's, it's been rebuilded in a way that would shame the dwarven builder, the original like designer. Uh, but it seems to be solid, at least, and it has a roof and a chimney and um, everything like that. Okay. I imagine, actually, it, it's kind of like the rest of the valley. It's sort of half grown over. It's sort of half sunken into the hillside. Like, the roof is all great big tufts of grass rolling in the in the Highland wind and all that. Oh, a sad roof. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are two windows, and and both of them are, are you know, have light in them. Sure. Well, we'll put on our oddly likable face and swagger on up to the door. <laughs> There's a good chance they may know that I'm coming because I didn't say I took my mail off, so there might be a bit of a jingle on the way up to the door. So I'll, I'll give them a chance to open the door first. It's all that dwarven change. <laughs> so you give them a good chance to I'm sorry, what? I give them a good chance to open the door first if if they choose to and I'll keep an eye on the windows to see uh, if anyone pops out but if they're oblivious then I put a good dwarvish thump on the door Okay, uh, you can see now that you're closer that there are like great collections of, of um, uh, dried herbs hanging in the mm-hmm. in the windows and you, you know, you thump, you can hear barely this sort of, it's not stealthy necessarily, but it's a very, it's very undwarf-like, the, the sound of the footfalls inside. It's, you can barely hear this sort of, uh, shuffle. And then the door opens inward. How about you? Screaming in fear? <laughs> make a steel test. Make a steel test. <laughs> Great. <laughs> And this would be for surprise or wonderment. And since you have no uh, modifiers to your steel hesitation, it's your base hesitation, which is uh, will minus 10. Or it's 10 minus will, rather. Well, so you I have a negative. hesitation of 6 and a steel of 5. So All right. Which, which am I going with on this? Uh, you are going with your, your 5 steel dice against an obstacle of 6. 
Well, that's not very fair. <laughs> but steel is open-ended by default, so any sixes you roll automatically, you know, uh, explode. And, and I have nothing that I can modify that with, right? Uh, you have fate points, presumably, uh, and if you roll a traitor, you can you can uh, re-roll it with a fate point. Yeah, we might be throwing a lot of fate points at this. Well, and you could spend Persona for extra die, right? Uh, yes, yes. Well, I thought I said that. Maybe I didn't. Okay. Let's throw down uh, two Persona, because it's important to make a uh, good first impression, and, and <laughs> flin- flinching may not be appropriate. And, you can uh, always take stand and roll, okay? You don't have to run screaming. You don't have to fall prone and beg for mercy. You can pick a uh, standard rule. <laughs> well, I've got six persona. Burning two of them for a good first impression doesn't hurt. So that that, that will get me uh, seven dice versus an obstacle of six. And uh, we, we will probably be burning fate left and right to, to try to save some face here. This is a challenging steel test, by the way. So uh, you can record that. See, I get the... Grim. Okay, so that's three, and I got four traitors. So I could throw down four fate? Yes? No, 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 no. Uh, You can spend one fate and re-roll one traitor since this uh, test is open-ended by default. And that's it? Do you have, uh, no, you spent your, um, you spent your, um, deed. Your deeds. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, well, I, <laughs> I spent on my last deal test, as a matter of fact. So well, you have, you have three, right? So for three actions, you. Uh, da, 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 da. I, I'm going to spend a fate, so I at least get one die re-rolled I, here. I thought you did that with the last three. Uh, I have a total that, of four successes out of six. Uh, so two actions, indeed, uh, is the duration of your steel failure. What what what, what uh, befalls me, or what is this creature? <laughs> Does it look All right. like Carol Kane from The Princess Bride? Before you choose what you want to do, <laughs> if you want to stand a drool or fall prone or run screaming or swoon or whatever, I'll describe what you see in the doorway. Thank you. First of all, you see a dainty pair of uh, shoes. And, uh, those uh, lead up to uh, pragmatic sort of buckskin, well-knitted uh, trousers and uh, sort of tunic. And then the face of the Ithark Anguil in living form, without the crazy ruined uh, head and dripping brains and all that. When we see his face, we mean identical? Yes, except for, you know, not being broken. I... Uh, uh, I, uh, uh, exactly. Dwarfs, uh, uh, hello, um, wow. Have we met before? <laughs> so I guess you're, you're standing and drooling. More or less. <laughs> the elf looks at you and then gives you a poke on the nose. Well, he says, I'd never credited dwarves with an overabundance of wits, but. Really, this is rather embarrassing. No, you don't understand. Uh, you're not dead. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can see confusion, confusion uh, rising. Uh, yeah, okay. So he says, oh, that, uh, you are very astute. You're, you're, you're probably the most astute dwarf I've had the pleasure of meeting recently. You're really astute. Yes, but it's uh, a towering, towering acumen there you have. 
Would you just kind of like lean to the left, lean to the right, looking at his face? The resemblance is uncanny. <laughs> you don't say you you did you don't use the na- his name though, do you? <laughs> so he doesn't know who you're referring to. Well, I, I am befuddled and baffled and drooling and what have you. So coherency is not a strong suit. <laughs> This is your first time meeting one of my kind, I presume? No, 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 that's the problem. That's the problem. Pardon me for asking, but last time we met, you were dead. I don't recall ever meeting you, uh, good master dwarf, but... Um, uh, Flint. F- Flint, yes, Flint. Uh, Finglorin wipes his uh, dainty hand on his tunic and sort of reaches it forth in a dainty way. Not very, you know, dwarfy, grab your wrist and, and headbutt, you know, that kind yeah, of Yeah, okay. I'll <laughs> shake it like the, the weak eel that it is. <laughs> okay. Um, it's limp and moist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you wouldn't happen to be... Related to, uh, I'm always mangling it. Unguil, is that how it's pronounced? <laughs> I think it's appropriate that you don't, that you don't, uh, that you're not very adept at, uh, at saying it. Fair enough. Um, but your meaning is to get across the name, uh, yes. anyway. Well, the name is familiar to me. How do you know that name? We had a conversation back down in the tunnels. Oh, he says, and he looks at you like uh, part of him thinks that you have lost your mind and that you're probably, you know, one of those crazy wandering adventure dwarves that have, you know, spent far too long in tunnels without company. Well, if I get that look, no, 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 he was dead. (laughs) (laughs) Which doesn't help at all. (laughs) Flashback to, to, uh, you know, the street is gray, so you you know it's a flashback with Ulfka going, you have to learn to talk to people. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's, it's, um, uh, it was an apparition, a spirit. Uh, this image is just absolutely spitting. I'd be cut from the same stone. Oh, that that sounds grave and ill, and uh, it was fascinating. Perhaps I'm being inhospitable. Would you like to come inside? Now that you mention it, I guess I should say why I knocked on the door in the first place. Our company is passing through down in the underway, and uh, we are running short on supplies. So we are taking advantage of some of the wild uh, crops here to uh, reprovision ourselves. We wanted to let you know that we are in the neighborhood and mean no harm. Oh, that's uh, very neighborly of you. I do hope you're not waking the mountain snake or serpent, I mean. That would be unfortunate. Uh, but so far as I'm concerned, you can take what you will. I subsist on very little. Speaking of subsistence, I notice you have a very interesting collection of spices and herbs. Would you be interested in perhaps some barter or selling some of those? We have a couple of brewers that are always interested in new flavors for their concoctions. Um, well, yes, why not? If you would tell me the tale of this, how you got to know the name Anguil, I'll gladly share some of my stores. That is a fair trade. I, I will shout out, Wolfkill, Bear, <laughs> come here. And then I will. Well, we have, did we see Bear, or at least uh, the apprentice with Bear? Sure. I, I imagine there are a pair of, uh, you know, dwarfy hands <sighs> reaching up out of the sea of uh, everything. And, yeah. you know, yeah. gotcha, coming. What? Coming. Right. <laughs> no, no, lower. Cut lower. You, we, we, we can use this to offer something else. Uh, I, I will tell the tale. I will probably edit out the part where I failed to get the crown. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Well, 
let's uh, take this from the top. You're invited in. Sure. Uh, do you accept? I am quite gracious in accepting his hospitality. Are the rest of you, uh, Baron and Ulfkel, and your apprentices going inside as well? Well, no, I'll leave my apprentices there to harvest the grain, but I'll come now, up. I guess Baron and her apprentice and the apprentice assigned to her are coming over, so... Okay, the, yeah, Baron, the apprentice is going, is that an elf? I think it is. You ever seen one of those? He's so pretty. And so on and so forth. <laughs> <laughs> Having seen an elf... A live one is actually much better than a dead one. So, <laughs> I probably fit an elf, an elf or two, because you know they probably hit regolith on a regular basis. Do they? Well, Maybe they do. I, yeah. I cannot yeah. imagine elves being part of that dwarven sanctuary. We have we have dwarves growing crops on the surface, but it's in a secluded mountain valley. Eh, that's true too. You're more likely to hit elves on the road over going through Manish territories. That could be it too, because. We all probably make beer for export because it makes good coin in the human human lands. Oh yeah, <laughs> probably have run into city elves, which aren't the same as well as forest elves. But back to the the cottage yes. cabin. Okay, so you're invited in, and Finglarin goes and and fills these uh, ceramic cups with some kind of tea-ish substance mm. uh, from uh, the hearth. Smells very, you know, aromatic and so forth. Me and me and Bear have a little quick, quick conversation about, you know, what do you think about this? You know, Mm. all right, the entire, (laughs) almost the entire ceiling, which is, which is just a makeshift rack across the Mm. entirety of it, it's just full of of herbs dangling down, dried herbs. I'll have to play Bear for it's just a quick. If you don't mind, play Bear for a quick second. Are all those herbs medicinal, or are they for other uses? Oh yeah, she's in Hick Wonderland, if you will. He uh, indulges briefly, tersely, that, uh, oh, yes, some are. I trade them. Do have a look around. Behold my wares. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she knows herbs better than I do, so she's probably sniffing and tasting and... Maybe if she has a step stool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but if, if anything, at, you know, if she can get at, she'll probably sniff and taste and see what they are. Yeah, oh, yeah, she's pulling your sleeve and... and <laughs> Use that. We can use that. Oh, now he's, mm. smell this. Smell this. And you know, she's pushing a big chair in front of you and like pointing up to the some sort of long, thin, dry flower. <laughs> mm-hmm. Clearly enticing think, you to go to balance on uh, the back of the chair. You know, sniff it and ooh. Do you think we can find more wild out there? Can't, can't grow too far away, can it? I guess Piglorn sits down and uh, listens to Flint tell his tale. Yeah, it's it's, it's going to be heavily edited, (laughs) but uh, I I mentioned the strange tunnel and and interesting architecture, uh, and the dwarf, I mean, the elf is like going, yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) Then I'll mention the cave-in and the ghostly uh, form. He, He just, it felt like he had unfinished business, and that's why he couldn't leave this world. Sounds grave. This was deep in the mountain, you say? Yes, yes. A, a very unlikely place for an elf. I would say so. Meanwhile, Fandral, the apprentices are taking an awful long time. And now one of the scouts are uh, coming back going, Prince, Prince, we've uh, we've spotted smoke further down the, the hillside. What do we do? Let's investigate. All right, all right. Uh, they aren't burning the fields. They're actually harvesting, right? <laughs> Well, they're, saying they're, I'm saying I left them harvesting. Now, whether or not they decide to slack off a little bit now that I'm gone. Ah, brewer's work is never done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
are actually trundled down the, the valley. Sure. Uh, and indeed, you, you come upon, finally, a few of the apprentices who are bundling up harvested grain into, what do you call them? Sheaves. Sheaves? Sheaves, yeah. yeah. And, you know, they nod and uh, sort of go, oh, Ulfkill and Flint, and they went down the hill into the cabin there, and, you know, they point to the smoke. Hmm. Somebody lives here, huh? Yeah, who knew? It's not like they're harvesting anything. I wonder what they live by. I wonder what they eat. Let's hope it isn't dwarves. Well, <laughs> we'll walk over to the cabin. Uh, not ominous at all looking, uh, delightful, picturesque, uh, retreat. Once, uh, dwarven, now half dwarven-ish. And you know what? I, I guess the door is a little open, like, uh, a sliver. And you can hear Flint talking. Uh, and you can hear the, the back and forth between Ulfkell and Bear. I, I would say you come there just in time to hear, uh, Flint going, uh, I'm sure he had unfinished business. And, and, uh, you know, you hear this vaguely musical voice that is clearly not dwarven going, well, that is grave indeed. And this was how deep? Then I probably burst right into the room. <laughs> <laughs> ah, Flint, there you are. <laughs> Do I need a steel test when I see, uh, uh, what's his name? No, you didn't get a good look at, uh, the, the elf, so that's, it's just, uh, you know, surprise. An unpleasant surprise, I guess, for you, but, um, so I don't, I don't recognize him as... No, as the ghost? No, no, no. All you saw were, were like, a brief flash of this really vengeful-looking, uh, individual with mostly blood and brains all over his face, and it was a ghostly apparition as well. Alright. And you didn't dream his face later, so um, you don't have an extra, like, uh, it doesn't affect you. You don't have the same reaction. All right. But yeah, uh, I would imagine, no, actually, the other apprentice is inside and sitting very prettily at this vaguely oversized table with his cup. And when Fandral bursts in, he l- leaps out of his chair, you know, spilling his herb tea uh, all over himself and uh, the table. And, and uh, you know, the elf sort of puts a hand on him to calm him down. Ah. Oh. Prince Fandral, we have met an interesting tradesman. That sounds oh, good. The elf gets up from his chair when he hears Prince and, and does a functional curtsy or, or like a bow. Welcome to my humble dwelling, yeah. Prince of the Under Mountain. Does he give a elf bow to a, to a dwarf or does he, does he give a proper bow to the dwarf? I don't know. Describe no, a it? proper bow, dwarven bow, and I'll say. No, no, no. no, no what I'm saying is, does he just, you know, do the little half bend and come back up again, or does he actually bow? Was it genuine, or is he being uh, facetious? A reasonable dwarf might say he was being genuine, but you have that instinct of not trusting people. So, I don't know, it's your call. <laughs> How do you want to take it? Is it and I should oh, mention, you're if, you, if you take it the wrong way and you make a scene, absolutely, that's worth a fate point. No bribery, no, no. <laughs> I'm just saying that's his instinct. <laughs> if instincts get you in trouble, you get fake. Yeah, they may be getting him in trouble, but not yet. Yeah, okay. Well, uh, yes, and um, you would be? Oh, my apologies. My name is Finn Glorin, and uh, what shall I call pre- your pre- uh, the prince? Your highness? That will do. <laughs> <laughs> your underness, your yeah, shirtness, yes. <laughs> <laughs> your stoutness. <laughs> yes, your beardness. Um, okay, he appears to be a little overwhelmed and, and uh, says, "Well, Flint, you didn't say you had royalty in your retinue." 
in your company? I did not want to be intimidating. Uh, your visage enough caught me by surprise. Oh, yes. Let's, let's forget all that, shall we? Uh, perhaps I should uh, inform your prince of the little arrangement we made. Yes? Arrangement? I have uh, agreed to supply you with... Um, well, he, you know, gestures up to the, the just mass of dried herbs throughout the ceiling. Uh, supply what I do best in exchange for little stories. And it was a good story. Thank you, Flit. I aim to please. I understand that you are on your way to secure the lost hold of Scoria? Well, it's more of an exploratory expedition, wouldn't you say, sir? Actually, let me rewind that. If yeah. you never even mentioned that by name sure. or anything like that, he's not going to say that. Okay, well, I did mention that we had a company with us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And we were reprovisioning. It would not, depending on the, this guy's lore of the area yeah. and the fact that he already knew about the mountain serpent, Mm-hmm. Uh, he could put two and two together. Yeah, I would. I would say he says this instead. He says so. So where would this uh, purple expedition be going, if I may be so bold to ask? Along the underway, you know, us dwarves always traveling under the mountain. I see. Yes, that is true. Well, there there are not too many holes in this area, though, anymore, so far as I know. Though it is, I confess, a long time since I was under the mountain. Are there any in the area that you know of? Holds? Yeah. Well, yes, of course. There is the the obvious, uh, well-known Scoria Deep, and its various and requisite old supply stations and holds, but I thought those were abandoned, well, until recently, anyway. I'd be interested in what the uh, the elves know. What are your stories of Scoria? Oh, I would be, too. And unfortunately, I had a falling out with my with my gracious progenitor. And uh, we no longer see eye to eye on many things. What he thinks and what he knows, I don't share. But I could share what I know and what I have heard, if you wish. Certainly. I, I simply cannot say I speak for the elves, since I'm simply one Exile. Understood. Well, um, how can I enlighten you? Would you care for a herbal tea? It's a little good, sir. You <laughs> should try some of this. Yeah, I guess I've, uh, I detect no signs of, uh... Odd behavior in the brewer? No, yeah. Well, in, in the people that have been drinking it, I always detect odd signs in Ufkel, but if you don't, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> now, the dwarves seem fine. And, uh, yeah, he, he fills up uh, one of the ceramic cups from a, uh, yeah. a great pot from the hearth. Yeah, we're, we're not turning into pigs or, you know, changing into wolves or anything like that, no. Not He's yet. not Cersei. He's not Cersei <laughs> so far. I'll give my place to uh, uh, Fandral so he can sit and chat with the elf, and I'll, I'll stand by his side as a right hand uh, of the uh, prince. Well, that is assuming the prince wants to sit down. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to imply that he should be a more gracious host. A uh, gracious guest, you mean? Guest. Well, that too, nope. that too. <laughs> Sits down very carefully, shifting the axe around in his belt. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> the firelight glinting all over your priceless dwarven mail. It seems to impress the elf in, in some fashion. Clearly you see the prince. I got the beard, the noble beard. Ah, yes, that too. (laughs) Spilling out all over your priceless dwarven mail. (laughs) 
<laughs> okay, so how can he enlighten you? Do you ask anything in particular? Well, let's start with the, the most recent tales of uh, Scoria. Have the elves heard anything about what it's like there recently? Oh, in recent tales? Well, there was a... I don't know how much stock I would put in it. I only moved here recently, but uh, I did hear tell in the human lands that a, a tribe of serpent men, or whatever that means, you know humans, mm. the men have such flowery ideas of, of how to express themselves. Uh, anyway, I heard that they moved in along with their great worm lord in Scoria. Now, how true that is, I can't say. Worm lord? Yes, a great serpent, a mountain dragon, if you want to be dramatic. Mm. This is all from the humans you've heard this. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. If you wish the elven point of view, then Scoria was considered lost a long time ago, and no one has really paid much attention to it since. I guess I wouldn't expect the elves to go adventuring under the mountain. Oh, no, we don't belong in in the earth. That's, that's, ooh, he's about to slip into some kind of, you can tell, like, like he's about to slip into some kind of prejudice. <laughs> like, oh, that's just for a dwarf, the, the filthy, or the second born, or whatever, you know, we want to call dwarves. But he catches himself and says, oh, you, um, industrious, um, people. Yeah. Yes, we, we crave the air, you see, and the, the sun and the, the crepuscular rays out of the, ever-welling cloud, you know? Those immutable, immortal moments you have only above ground. Hmm. If you say so. <laughs> Prince going, that's not gold. That's not super. <laughs> <laughs> Bloody nuis- nuisance having a day-night day, cycle. We can work 24 hours, 24 hours a day. It wasn't for us going out to go to sleep. Well, you've, uh, found a nice dwarven-built home here. Ah, yes, this is true. Solidly built, held up fairly well over the many years. Oh, yes, it was uh, hardly ruined at all. I simply shored up a wall and put in racks, and, um, yes, uh, the the hearth was uh, almost entirely intact after a century and a half or so, I hear. Impressive, much impressive, very impressive. What else can I say? Well, uh, apart from the serpent people and their their supposed um, dragon lord, there's the tale, of course, of the lost Sion, right? One of the uh, siblings of of, uh, the old Itharch. A long time ago, you understand. Some story about her burying herself in the heart of a mountain because the mountain's heart was calling to her, but I, I forget. It was a love story of some kind. I believe it was uh, an elf maiden and a dwarven prince, perhaps. As pertains to Scoria, anyway. Uh, well, long time ago. That is a interesting tale. Hmm. Yes, well, it, it is a bit sappy. Wow. Uh, quick, quick question. Is there any role to keep from spilling the beans and just yapping about, oh, 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 wait a minute. <laughs> How does that work? <laughs> or can I just do mm-hmm. it just for the fun of it? depends if you have an agenda. If you don't have a specific agenda and, and, and it falls under the auspices of a skill, then it's simply role play, so far as I'm aware. And if someone then wants to shut you up, then that is a power versus power test. Okay, well, we'll, we'll work at that angle then. Because uh, Flint will just burst out. Oh, you mean like that uh, one uh, tomb that we saw where there was the uh, elves and the and the dwarves uh, working together? Wasn't that so bizarre, Fandral? <laughs> <laughs> I 
I think that's uh, where we unleashed the baleful stare. <laughs> <laughs> Release the baleful stare. <laughs> um, but that's another story. <laughs> that, that may be an interpretation of uh, some of the carvings we saw, but they were very old. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. Um, A professional that is, that dismisser. <laughs> sounds intriguing, but uh, yes, well, you would have to go underneath the mountain to see it, I suppose. Oh, yes, it, it's buried in a little bit treacherous to get to. The mountain does have its own cycles and breathes and shifts. It's not a fair walk in the park. Is, it, is that how you would say it? <laughs> <laughs> it's not a stroll down the gal- to the galleries. As you say that, by the by, breathe and shift, there is this rumble. A quick just shakes the hillside and the everything inside the the dwelling and uh, you know the herbs start to shake and some of them fall from the roof uh, or the ceiling rather he goes you know for a brief time and uh, you know the elf has that ridiculous annoying perfect poise where he doesn't seem to vibrate at all whereas bear falls over and you know the apprentice is is rolling around with his chair and um, it's a mess and then he looks at you uh, all of you uh, Finglar and the elf and says yes um, breathe and shift and maybe something there may be something to those old dragon lord stories. Maybe you've actually woken the mountain serpent. That's where we're going to stop today. Here we go. This happen often? <laughs> <laughs> we need to save that snippet because I want that. I want I want Fandral's, Fandral's question to be the first scene next session. Okay. Uh, that, would be, that is awesome. That, you know, the right. opener is just like, so this happens often. <laughs> <laughs> we could work with that. Yeah. <laughs> Though I can, I can imagine that us dwarves, we're used to earthquakes. We're just not used to them on the surface. Does either Bear or myself fall over in our chairs that we're standing in? Bear, for sure. Uh, <laughs> or do we uh, write it out? Bear, bear did uh, fall over, uh, as did the other uh, apprentice. I didn't want to dictate how you, um, you know, okay. move around. If you think it's funny that you fall over or, or um, skid into someone or, or, um, or hang on to the door or... Something then, uh, or I'm sitting there, or I'm sitting there with one foot on the front of the chair, the other foot on the on one of the ladders, and it's only on the back on the back legs of the chair right now. Going whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Next session starts like, with a question and furniture acrobatics. Yes, yeah, this is more excitement uh, than that elf has had in weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Dwarves crashing and splashing, <laughs> bashing open doors, standing on his chairs and sniffing and tasting all his herbs. You gotta be careful of that one. That's a diuretic. Duly noted. Well, that was neat. Yeah, I think we're nearing wrap up time. Yes, we are. I'm going over the the art yeah, awards do do. bit because we can't yes. forget. Here's something I'm gonna do from now on uh, in Arthur. Art awards. Maybe I. It's wrong to double up. Uh, when you go for a belief, that you get a fate, right? When you test something in in pursuit of a belief, and then then I've uh, awarded persona uh, if you completed it too. But uh, I think it's more appropriate, perhaps, to earn fate when you're going for something, but don't don't complete it. A persona when you do complete it, and a deeds mm-hmm. if you do complete it and it hurts you somehow, or, or that it has you know wider consequences like. Uh, 
no, actually, uh, if you're, if you've written a belief about someone else and you help them and it hurts you, or you can get a deed in addition to doing something like you help the goblin chief. I think, I think you all tested pretty much stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and both, yeah. uh, both Kill and Fandrels completed their beliefs, getting supplies. Yes, one persona each. So when you said Fandrel, did you mean Fandrel or Flint? Fandrel, Fandrel. Uh, I'm looking over Flint now, and you didn't scout too much, and I was too relaxed <laughs> to say, maybe you should rewrite this or add something here. So uh, I'm good. I don't actually see a great award anywhere. Given that I have 21 fate, I'm not too concerned. <laughs> <laughs> it was a short session as well. Let's see. Uh, instincts. No instincts got you in trouble, really. Embodiment. Here we go. I think you're all great. You keep, mm-hmm. you keep just going back into I know I should save it for, like, Andrew giving a scathing speech or uh, Flint arguing for gruesome revenge or... Both kill getting the apprentices into a frothing rage or something, but um, mm-hmm. um, I think you've all learned a, a persona embodiment. Oh, just dwarfy stuff. And then we're actually back to workhorse and MVP, which may be a little tricky to judge. Mm-hmm. I didn't have any great big hammers this section, but yeah, uh, workhorse um, having a specific skill to make a scene go, slaving, slaving away behind the scenes. I'm going to say it was kind of even. Nobody actually kind of stood out. Can I yeah. uh, uh, make a suggestion? I can't vote, but um, uh, I would suggest Fandral, at least for being the cause of introducing cool fiction about the yeah. world, about Scoria. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I forgot about that. That's worth it. Bidding. Yep. One workhorse persona for Fandral. And MVP. Anyone at all? Couldn't have done it without you. Wow. Drives the story to its conclusion. Not really that kind of session. Nah. Nah. Unless you want to give the MVP to the to Finglor and the Elf character. You can do that? <laughs> you can do that, yeah. Remember, you, you awarded uh, Bastard Weasel a fate point at one point? Not a fate point, a persona point. Sure, let's give one to Finglorian, because uh, he, he was kind of the center of, um, of the uh, endgame there. All right. I'll have I have to, no idea how that works mechanically, but sure. <laughs> That just means that he got a persona point that he didn't have before, and now he can use it. I mean, great. <laughs> Against us, yeah. <laughs> or time to help you. Yeah, yeah, he, he might <laughs> offer some good advice, like, oh, by the way, don't step on that. Yeah. Yay! All right, I should write that down. Actually. Yeah. And I should I should uh, oh. put the new names we've invented um, on the forum. <laughs> And I think uh, I may have forgotten one or two characters, but uh, then I realized that you've been putting them on your sheets. So that was helpful. Uh, like that throwaway scout, for instance, that um, I had guide Ulfkel to the troll den. Oh, that, uh, yeah, him. Todd named or asked <laughs> to have named. Absolutely. You wrote him down. So that Rumi, was great. Rumi is kind of like a drinking buddy. <laughs> Because I can totally imagine him uh, and uh, Flint, you know, just uh, got some uh, uh, t- t- time off from duties. Uh, let's go bounce around a, a few bars and uh, see what trouble we can shake up. Why don't, why don't you actually write him down on your your relationships then? Oh, if he seems that important, that. I think that's appropriate. Yeah. Well, I, just, I just like the guy. What can I say? <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> He should have a name. We're drinking buddies. <laughs> yeah, well, it's it's not like, you know, 
we ski at each other's homes or anything like that. It's just on the road together kind of stuff. So yeah. we always need more dwarves with F for a first name. <laughs> well, I noticed that uh, earlier in our session, John referred to Ufkel as Pandrel. So that's it's getting worse. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even notice. Speaking of alternate stuff, I re-listened to uh, North to Alaska. Damn, I, it, I just put a spot, smile on my face. <laughs> I just got a kick out of that episode. Uh, awesome. I, I know you were winging it, but it, it just had that right silly pulp vibe to it. So I, I, <laughs> I just wanted to do the tip of the hat on that. Well, I, I think a lot of that would be what you guys brought to it. So that knows that sometimes when when you maybe don't have a lot as a GM, sometimes the players can save it. Uh, totally, well, yes. We'll put it up as teamwork, though. But but damn it, I I need to find a picture of Brian Blessed in a kilt. <laughs> <laughs> is that how we're going to wrap that up? Is that, is that going to be our teaser? <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> in that case, uh, another good game. I'll catch you all later. Bye-bye. Yep. Catch you all. Bye-bye. Bye. We diggy hole, diggy diggy hole. Mercy buckets, yes. Yeah, the mercy buckets. Bring the mercy bucket. I, I just heard a blah 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 blah. Hey, it's like, did we? Did Dirk just explode? Jiggle the wire. <laughs> Pat the wife down for a jamming device. <laughs> Anywho, I think we've done enough babbling. It's the tag where I mentioned you can go to our page at sunday-skypers.podbean.com, find links to all of our episodes, links to our Facebook page and MeWe page. You can email us at sundayskypers at zoho.com. It'd also be nice if you gave us a rating or review on iTunes or the podcast app of your choice. And that's all I got.